you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I want to read one verse to you as sort of a context, I guess. Then I will get into the meat of what I have. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. Now all these things happen to them for in samples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Speaking here of the children of Israel in the Old Testament, what took place there, all these things happened to them to be an example for us. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Father, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for what you have already done. Such an awesome, powerful move of your spirit that we have already experienced in this place tonight, God. And I thank you. I thank you that there are lives that are already leaving changed and transformed as a result of the work of your spirit that's already in this place tonight. God, I pray now that through your word you would continue to minister. I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight. I pray again tonight, God, that I would not deliver a sermon, but I would be able to deliver a message that would come from you and depend on you. I trust you for your anointing tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach to you tonight on a Lamborghini God on a Ford Fiesta devotion. A Lamborghini God on a Ford Fiesta devotion. A couple of months ago now at men's conference, in the course of some of his ministry, Bishop Wright read some verses from the children of Israel and their journeys and their traveling in the Old Testament. They're coming out of Egypt, their way to the promised land. God gave the children of Israel commandments. God was very clear that He gave them commandments for when they entered the promised land. The commandments were given because when you get into the land I'm promising you, it's not a free-for-all. When you get there, there are some things I want you to live by. There are some commandments I, I want you to obey. In fact, the Lord said this to the children of Israel. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but what He said was, I'm not concerned about you in the wilderness forgetting about me. When you wake up every morning in the middle of the wilderness and there's no food to eat and there's no water to drink, it's not hard for you to remember that you need me. What he said was, my concern is that when you get into the land I have promised you and you are reaping from vineyards that you did not sow and plant and you are living in houses and dwelling in cities that you did not build, I am concerned that at that point, 
not too uncommon to watch folks get in church and their life was such a mess and God starts turning around and it's not hard to be faithful to the house of God and it's not hard to be involved in the work of the kingdom and it's not hard to put God first but God starts turning some things around in your life and things start to get a little better and God starts working some stuff out and next thing you know You start to forget him because, you know, everything's kind of going all right now. I don't really need you as much as I did when all of this started. So he told the children of Israel, I've got some things for you to live by when you get to where you're going. And so a couple of months back as Bishop was ministering, he mentioned some verses and they really caught my attention because if what happened to them is supposed to be an example for us, If what God said to them in the natural applies to us in the spiritual, this really got my attention. There are several passages where God says something very similar, and so I'm just for the sake of time going to pick out one of them. One of another one's in Exodus, I believe it's chapter 23, where God says something very similar to this. But for tonight, we'll just read from Exodus 28. Exodus 28 and verse number 1 says this, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all His commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Be honest with me, because some of you are getting ready to put your hand up and you're lying. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Anybody here tonight that is being overtaken by blessings. I know you're not going to put your hand up now because of what I said, but if you can put your hand, if you really feel that, go. I'm not telling you not to, but some of you just trying to impress a few of us, and you would have put your hand up. Anybody being overtaken? Forget what I just said. Erase that. Strike that from the record. Anybody living tonight overtaken? Dear God, everywhere I turn, there's just blessing. Everywhere I look, there's just blessing. Every, everywhere, let's see if this, if any of you relate to this, and you won't be lying. Everywhere I turn is trouble. Every direction I go, there's a new problem. I, anybody tonight feel kind of like Job? I look for him in front of me and I couldn't find him. I looked behind me and he wasn't. I looked over on the left hand where he was working, but I couldn't find him. The David Message Bible version of that is, I got next to somebody God was blessing. But when I got there, nothing, nothing spilled over on me. Then he said, I looked for him on the right, and he wasn't there either. But he knows the way that I take. Well, I got y'all on. Everybody's with me on that one. Wait a minute. The Lord said, all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If. 
if I got, I, I've gotten the emails before. I got this text this afternoon. This afternoon. I got this, I, I got this text. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Here it is. A donation, a text, not an email, a text. A donation of fifth of $1.5 million has been made to you by James Stockless, the winner of the $291.4 million Powerball. Email him directly. James.stock. I shouldn't tell you all the email. You're going to go steal my money. You know what's crazy? I don't believe it, but that's what I did anyway, just out of curiosity. Somebody's made up a really, really good one. Or if you Google James Stockless, he won the Powerball. I got to tell you, if somebody gave me $1.5 million, I'd feel a little overtaken with some blessings. Oh, Jesus. Is God true? Do do you really believe? You might want to hold off on that. Because I'm about to read you some stuff. I'm not sure we really believe how true God is. If you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, you will be overtaken. Overtaken. Anybody over? Seriously, I know what I said already, but anybody over? I'm not talking about all the spirits. I'm talking about stuff blessings. I know we're all blessed. We got health. I know I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about no sickness, plenty of money. Everybody in my house behaving themselves. Grass is green all over the lawn. Cars running good. I'm talking about that kind of, and all the other ones too. Listen to what he says. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. I know ain't nobody too happy about sheep increasing tonight. I I get that, but we're talking spiritual principle. Back then, if your sheep were increasing, and your cattle and all that, that was a good thing. Dear God, if I went home tonight and my cattle were all increasing, that'd be a miracle to begin with because there wasn't no cattle to start with. But if there was an increase, I don't know where they'd go. But he said, I'm going to increase. Let me say, let me, let me paraphrase it for 2016. All your stuff is going to increase. The Lord Shall, oh, I missed the verse. Blessed shall thou, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. That means your cupboards are full. Blessed shall be your basket and your pantry. Not just the stuff you gotta have, but the stuff you want. 
Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. And blessed are you going to be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten. Before your face they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. That's some stuff right there. You're going to walk on to the job where they've been giving you trouble. You're going to come in one door and the ad, the ad adversaries are going to go out the other door. I don't have it in the message Bible, but that's probably what it says. The Lord. Oh, God. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. That means I'm not just giving you what you need today. I'm going to give you an abundance to draw from. And in all that thou seest, all that thou settest thine hand unto. Anybody feel like everything you touch falls apart? Come on, be honest, because you ain't by yourself. I know there's at least a couple of you. Isn't it the Midas touch where everything turns to gold, right? Whatever the opposite of that is, everything you touch turns to dust. Hmm. He said, all that you set your hand to. Oh, Lord. All that you set your hand to, He's going to bless. Can anybody tonight say that everything you touch, God is blessing? Everything you touch, everything you do goes well. Brother Murphy, I'm about to start up with some serious jealousy with you. Everything you just, and it works. I mean, you go to work and everything you do at work goes smoothly and goes well. I don't know if you, I, I guess you think I've lost my mind. I'm just telling you that's what this means to me. Whatever, he didn't say whatever spiritual. He said, whatever your hand touches, I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless you in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see Thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. I'm just telling you, if we take that and apply it to us today, that means we shouldn't be like everybody else. That means our lives should not be subject to everything everybody else is subject to. Did I read it or did I not? All the people of the earth shall see Thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, And the Lord shall make 
Listen, all of these, all of this is promises of what God says He would do. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. Hello? Anybody got more stuff tonight than you need? I'm not talking the spiritual part. I'm, I'm not talking about that part. We'll preach that another night. I'm talking, let's just be real. Let's just be fleshly for a moment. Anybody got more stuff than you need right now? There may be one or two of you, but a bunch of you could use a little bit more of a whole lot. But he said, I'm going to make you plenteous in goods. Not just in anointing. Not just in spirituality. Oh, Lord. In the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee, the Lord shall open unto thee His good treasure. The heaven to give the rain unto thy land in His season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and shalt not borrow. Here, God, we got we to gotta push and prod and try to get by to do this ministry and that ministry and be able to provide this need and supply that vision. And God said, I, I'm going to make you the lender and not the borrower. I'm going to have them coming to you to get instead of you going to them to get. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If. 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 Ah, why me, Lord? Why me? <laughs> I come to preach an answer to some folks tonight. Because either God is true, or He's a liar. And if God is true, I've just read you a bunch of promises of what He said He would do. If you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. This is what I will do. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, every which direction you turn, there's going to be blessing. I'm going to bless what you touch. I'm going to bless what you do. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make you the lender and not the borrower. If. If. You obey my word. The same principle that God gave Israel 
in the wilderness to go into the promised land is the same principle that applies in 2016 to the church. You want what I have and what I promised you, there are some contingencies. And 15, 14 verses, he tells us everything he would do if we would do. My, my kids are all, I guess, I'm be careful. I think they're all beyond spanking age, I think. I think. I don't know, the youngest one is still younger than when I got my last one, so. My brother stood outside the door as I got it laughing at me, forgetting it. What, what would you think of me as a parent? If I just, when my kids were younger and at that age where we spanked in our house. If I just randomly walked up and yanked one of them by the arm and took them in the bathroom and got the paint stick out and just started going to town. No explanation. No warning. I, I think most of the time, I think I could say, they may think differently, I think I could say, most of the time when my kids got a spanking, there was a, there was a warning or two before the spanking. If you do that one more time. Because as a good parent, I owe it to my child. If I'm going to discipline you, you ought to know why I'm disciplining you. You ought to know what's about to come, what it's based on. So God says, if you will hear my voice, obey my commands, I'm going to do all of this. But. Oh, Lord. But. It shall come to pass. If you will not hearken. Unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these. No wonder people don't want to read the Old Testament. All these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. There are. 68, where's Bishop? 68 verses in chapter 28. The first 15 verses deal with, here's what I will do if you obey, if you follow, if you hearken. From 15 to 68, he now says, cursed will you be in the city. And cursed will you be in the field. And cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. And cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land. The increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall be thou when the, when you come in. And cursed will you be when you go out. I'm, I'm going to stop there. I, I challenge you to go home and read the rest. 
You know, he, he talks in there. He says, he, he says that, 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 um, this is, this is paraphrased, but the innocent, virtuous woman is going to lose her mind and become an adulteress. If you don't hearken to my voice. Not only does he reverse everything he said in the first 15 verses, he adds to it a whole bunch of other stuff. Some of you may have a Bible that does this and just just to give you a, a taste and not take all the time to read. Starting with verse number 25, the category of this section is captivity and plagues. Starting with verse 38, the land will not produce. Verse 47, Israel will be enslaved. Verse 58, plagues for disobeying. Verse 63, Israel will be scattered. Verse 65, no ease or rest for Israel. If you do what I say, you can expect to be overtaken with blessings and you can expect to go out blessed and come in blessed. You can expect what your hand touches to go well, to work out. But if you choose to ignore, there is going to be the opposite of the blessing. I've come to tell you tonight, I wish, I wish. Here we are, Celebration Sunday. Believe you me, I'd much rather be preaching something tonight for you dancing and shouting and running the aisles. He had to do what he had to do to not get in trouble with God, and I got to do what I think I'm supposed to do. We are trying to get a Lamborghini power from God. But all we want to do is give them a little bit of devotion. I know I should have looked it up. Anybody know what the high end of a Lamborghini is? Hundred plus thousand. Safe. Couple hundred thousand if I'm not mistaken for some of them. Quarter of a million dollars. Quarter of a million dollars you can get a brand new Lamborghini. I did look this up according to what, according to what I saw today for about 13 grand. You can get a Ford Fiesta. We want to give God a cheap devotion. And expect God to give us everything He's got. Oh Lord. I'll tell you something, this church is, is a, it's a mixed blessing what we have. Because when you want to mess around, and I know what I'm saying, when you want to mess around in spiritual warfare, you want to confront the devil, and then you want to go out there and live any old way you want to live, you are a fool. I, I, I'm here, oh Lord. I know, I believe, I believe it. Bishop teaches it, I believe it. I, I, I hope I don't have to defend, I believe with all of my heart in spiritual warfare. But some of you, if you be honest, you've been fighting the devil with everything you got and nothing's changing. You're binding everything you know how to bind and loosen everything you know how to loose and it's just getting worse and worse because you're disregarding some commandments of the Lord. 
In fact, I think what I just read, he said, if you'll do what I say, if you'll obey my voice, you don't have to worry about the enemy. I'll take care of the enemy for you. I think some of us have got it backwards. You and I have been called to be salt. You and I have been called to be salt. God is not salt. You and I have been called to be salt because salt brings some flavor. It enhances some flavor. But salt is not a necessity. So you and I are the salt of the earth. They can take us or leave us. But God is not salt. I didn't know they were going to sing it. They surprised me with it. It's already in my notes. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in my lungs. It's your breath in my lungs. I need your breath to live, but then I'm going to tell you how I'm going to live. So we pour out our praise. Because I don't just need you to, to enhance the flavor of my life. I don't just need you to bring a little bit of flavor to my dull life. I need you for life itself. I can't take one step without you. I can't live one day without you. I can't even breathe without you. I know. It's 2016. I know that. It's 2016 and you can't expect people to sit in church for three or four hours. All we can expect in 2016 is people to sit down to watch TV and videos for three or four hours without getting up. Sit down with a PS whatever or Xbox or whatever and go for five or six hours and stay seated. But no, we, we squeeze God into a couple of hours of the week. But then we squeeze Him out of the rest of the week. We want you, God, to fit in this time that we have scheduled for you. And then the rest of it, God. You wonder why there's sickness and chaos. and con- Brother Wright, are you telling me my actions and the choices I make are causing some stuff in my life? No, I'm not telling you that. I just read what God said. No, I'm not preaching that everybody's perfect and there's pain-free, problem-free. That, that They still suffered some stuff. 
But at the same time, there's some stuff he promised that this should be accepted. That just because the flu's going around doesn't mean everybody's got to get it. Just because there's an economic crisis doesn't mean everybody's got to be affected by it. Just because there's chaos in the world doesn't mean your world and my world has to be chaos. God, we want everything you've got for us. We don't want to really give you a whole lot. A couple of months, I guess it's not months now, weeks, is it? Assuming the Olympics are still taking place. Just a couple of weeks, the Olympics, Summer Olympics are going to take place in Brazil. Athletes are going to gather together from around the world. They didn't just hear, hey, 2016, the Summer Olympics are coming. I think I'll go, I think I'll go run the four by 100 meter relay. I think I'll go, I think I'll go do the shot put. I think I'll go, I think I'll go get on the rowing team. Hey, it's middle of, anybody know when the Olympics start? August 5th. Hey, it's. July, what's today? July 17th. July 17th. I, you know what? I think I might go get me a ticket and head down to Brazil. I'm going I'm to I'm get in the Olympics. I'm going to go compete for a gold medal. For years. For years. Athletes have been training. Go read about some of the gymnasts. What was the girl in the last Olympics? American girl. Gabby Douglas, go read, leave, would leave home, if I remember correctly, would leave home for weeks and months as a child to go train, to prepare to get a gold. We want to give God a couple of hours in a church service a week and then expect Him to pour out everything He's got for us. Brother Wright, you saying I gotta earn it? No, but I am saying he told you what to do to get it. And he told you what not to do if you didn't want to get the other stuff. I don't know why my world's always falling apart. I mean, I ain't letting God rule this area of my life and I won't let him tell me what to do here, but I just don't understand. If there was ever a day in which the church, not this church, the church, needed a level of devotion and consecration and dedication and commitment. You think we're going to come against and overcome what's going on in our world right now with just a little patty caking around and then I walk out of church and live how I want to live and do whatever I want to do and I'm going to expect that God's going to turn the world right side up? I don't think so. When people are willing to put a backpack on their back. Walk into a crowd of people. And all in the name of their faith. Blow themselves up. 
And we as apostolics are asking for too much? We preach it too hard? Are you kidding me? There is no watered down Christianity that is going to come against the chaos and confusion and problems of our world. There's got to be a people that are dedicated, consecrated, sold out. Joshua 7, for the sake of time, I'll skip a bunch of what I was going to read, but actually I will read a little bit of it. Joshua 7 and verse 1, the children of Israel, children of Israel have just gotten through one of the most amazing victories of all of history. Not biblical, all of history. They For six days, they walked around the walls of a city and said nothing. And then the seventh day, God says, I want you to walk around it seven times. And after the seventh time, I want you to give a shout. And they walk around the city seven times. On the seventh day, they give a shout. And city walls fall to the ground. And they go in and defeat a city just like that. First conquest in the promised land. First battle in the promised land. They, they, were, they were riding high. They were riding so high that in chapter 7, the, ch- the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Oh, God. Joshua, at this point, is unaware that somebody has taken what they weren't supposed to take. And so they decide, we're going to go fight Ai. We just took Jericho with no problem. Let's go fight Ai. And the Bible says, they go to Jericho, from Jericho to Ai, which is beside beth on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up. Joshua, we don't need everybody to go. I mean, Ai is nothing compared to Jericho. Ai is a lot smaller. Let some people stay home and we'll go fight the battle. Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Don't, don't make everybody get their stuff together. To, don't make everybody put their uniform on and get their weapons and go out. We just need a few folks. We can handle this. And really, that was all based on faith and confidence. Really, that's, that's the way I see it. 
So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they, that's the 3,000 men, fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shabiram, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. They put a beat down on them. 3,000, what is it, how many thousand, what is it? 3,000 guys go up with confidence. They have to run home. 36, you know, out of 3,000, 36 is not a lot unless that's your husband. Out of 3,000, 36 is not a very high percentage unless it's your son. Unless it's your father, then it's pretty important. It may have only been 36, but that's my dad was one of those. And the people's heart melted. Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide and he and the elders of Israel and put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. <laughs> Joshua's having... Pity party of the ages. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? God, do you see what's just happened? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? We just lost 36 men. 3,000 men fled for their lives. What am I now going to tell this people that I've led out of Egypt and here we are coming in the promised land? We should have just stayed in Egypt. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get up! Get up! Are you lying on your face? Because God, don't you see what just happened? Get up. There's a reason why it just happened. Because I told you before you took Jericho that in this first battle, all of the spoils belong to me. And everything in that city, you leave it alone. It's mine. God says somebody took of the accursed thing. They go through a process, skipping down to verse 19 of chapter 7. And Joshua said unto Achan, whom they have now identified, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils, when I saw, when I saw, that's where most of us get into trouble. When I, when I saw, when I thought, When I decided, 
When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth, in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. Just a garment. Just some gold. And just some silver. He didn't even go post it on Facebook what he got. He didn't put it on Instagram. Check out my garment, my gold and my silver. Some of y'all are so kind to your congregation, daughter work, elder. He don't need spiritual discernment. He just needs a Facebook and Instagram account. You don't need to pray anymore to pastor. You just need to scroll a little bit. God have mercy. That one needs you. And Lord Jesus, they need you. He I, I don't, oh God, I gotta stay on. I feel, I feel a, I feel a detour coming. Help me, Jesus. Do, do, I don't understand. How people have no more respect for God and the people of God. And to completely disregard everything you stand... People that you consider to be good friends. That advertise to the world. At least Aiken didn't post it. I really would feel better if some of you at least had enough fear of God that if you're going to do what you're doing, at least don't post it. Honestly, that tells me you're a little bit more spiritual than if you post it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Why, why, why? He hid. Stephen, he hid. He did, I don't even know if his family knew. I don't, I don't even know if his family was aware of what he had taken. He hid what he took. Buried it. Thinking, I, I know what God said. I know what Joshua said. But you know, I don't think a garment, a little bit of gold, and a little bit of silver is that, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it really, you know, I mean, look at this city. There's all kinds of stuff here. I'm only going to take one garment, a little bit of silver, a little bit of gold. Surely that won't matter. God looks down on a group of men going out to fight a battle. 
And because one man, one man decided he could disregard God's instruction, he cost the children of Israel a victory and 36 men. I'm out here. I can't get back down. Can't get back now, so I might as well just sink. You want to sit here and dance and shout with us? Come on. Come on. Act like you're one of us, but then go bury some stuff in your tent. These things happen to them for our example. I'm just getting a little bit fed up. And tired of people telling me and trying to tell us what's not necessary. You don't have book for your opinion, but I got book for my beliefs. And you just want to blend in in the midst of a world that's going crazy. But God's looking for some people that are willing to stand up and say, I am yours no matter what. It's your breath. It's your breath that I breathe. people blowing themselves up all over the world. I'm not a doomsday person, but the news says it, and I don't believe everything in the news, but it seems to be it's just a matter of time before it happens again here on our land. Cops killing people and people killing cops. We want to water this thing down and we want to give God some cheap devotion and then expect God to reach down and fix our world. It ain't happening. Act sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, water baptized Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. But the rest of it, we watch what we want to watch, do what we want to do, go where we want to go. And God is somehow supposed to ignore all of that when he said, if you'll do this, I'll do this. But if you don't do this, I will do this. We got it rough, brother, right? We got all kind of opposition and obstacles. We got it so tough because the government's against us and culture's against us and society's against us. When's the last time you read your Bible? The last time you read your Bible, there ain't nobody here tonight telling us that if you don't bow, there's a fiery furnace, a literal furnace that we're going to throw you in. And yet three Hebrew young men said, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. We will not 
bow because our God can deliver us. But even if our God doesn't deliver us, we will not bow. I know you young people walk the halls of public schools with all kind of immorality and godlessness. And I realize you young people walk college campuses with all kind of humanistic ideas and theology and everything that contradicts God and His Word. But is there anybody that's telling you if you pray to anybody else but the king, you're going to get thrown in a, in a lion's den? We got it tough, brother. We got it tough. We got it tough. Any tougher than a Hebrew girl taken off into captivity? That rather than being bitter and resentful to her captive, says, There's a man where I come from. He can take care of this leprosy that's bothering you. That Hebrew girl could have named him, right? Name it. Why it didn't sound right. Well, boy, that little girl could have looked at that Syrian general, whatever he was, and said, you got what you deserve. You stole me from my family. You've taken me into captivity. You deserve the leprosy. You ought to be eaten up with it. Rather than being overtaken by bitterness and resentment for her circumstances, she said, I know a man. I know some place you can go and there's a prophet that knows what to do. We sit in 2016 and we want to water it down and make it simple and easy and plain. You know what one of the continual problems in the children of Israel was? They were constantly going after other gods. You know what the problem is when you're a child, when, when you were one of the children of Israel and you go after other gods? The only other gods to go after are little G gods. There's only one big G God and that's your God. Why would you give up a big G God for a little G God? Why would you give up the self-existent one for someone that's been created by humanity? See if I can spot the runway. I saw this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, and I believe it. Some that have posted Facebook that the answer is Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Verse 12 says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. And this is how I think we quote this verse. If my people which are called by my name will pray, I will hear their land. I will hear their diseases. I, I will fix everything for them. If my people will just pray, no. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And notice, please, he's talking to his people. Seek my face. And this next one is addressed to his people. 
if a prophet could walk into a city that God has pronounced judgment on and tell them God says He is destroying this city. He's done. No hope given. Jonah did not go to Nineveh with a, with a message of repentance. He went with a message of destruction. This is what God is going to do. In fact, That's why Jonah didn't want to go. How about that for a pastor? I don't want to go tell him you're going to destroy him because I'm going to go tell him you're going to destroy him and then you're going to change your mind. Isn't that what you want? Aren't you a man of God? So what Jonah was saying was, if you'll keep your word and just kill them all, I'll go. going to go and tell him you'll kill him and I know what's going to happen how many days I, I meant to look it up and remind myself how many days three days I think it was help me out help me out all you theologians three days that man woman child infant cattle everything I don't, somebody help me. I don't remember it. If I'm not mistaken, and please don't just let me be wrong. If I'm not mistaken, they fasted everything. Food and water. I'm going to tell you, I, I don't want to disillusion somebody, but I've been on some fast where I fasted food, but I still got up in the morning and had my cup of coffee. Because I didn't want the headache that went with not having my cup of coffee. I don't need your lesson. That's because you're addicted. I know that. Why do you think I drink the coffee? Get off that stuff. You wouldn't get a headache. I enjoy it too much. So I'll just drink it. Every living thing. For three, is that not right? Please help me out. Every living thing for three, we, we, we've done fat church fast. We've done church fast when I had children. And we, one of the hardest things in the world to do is drive through McDonald's drive through in the middle of a seven day fast and get your kids french fries. They have never looked so heavenly. I don't know if it's breaking the fast or not, but at least licking a little bit of salt as you hand it to the child makes you feel a little bit better. We've never had a fast where we condoned and supported kids and infants fasting. But the king said, everything... Can you imagine how many crying babies there were that had absolutely no idea? Why won't you give me something to eat? All they could do was scream and cry and hopefully fall asleep for a little while until they wake back up and scream some more. But everything in the land that God said I'm destroying because I'm tired of what you're doing fasted and after three days God said, Exactly what Jonah said he was going to say. You got it. I'll give you. Oh God. If for a cursed nation. 
that a prophet went to pronounce judgment on, that God said he was going to destroy, and those that God said he was going to destroy fasted and prayed, and he forgave. What would God do if my people, which are called by my my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn, turn, Yes, you and me, turn. Well, Brother Wright, what do I have to turn from? I don't know. Go read your Bible. I ain't killed anybody today. No, you just got offenses and grudges you're holding on to. And you didn't pray today. Turn from their wicked way. Then, then, We want God to heal. We want God to forgive. We want God to save. But we don't want to turn. See if I can bring this a little bit closer to home. Maybe I don't probably don't need to, but let me see. All you precious young people that went to camp last week, kudos to you. I, I, I watched you. I sat in the back several nights and watched you as you worshiped and prayed and responded and prayed for others. I watched it. What'd you go back to the room and talk about? What was the topic of your conversation when the lights were out and the counselor wasn't listening? What's been on your text messaging and your DM since Friday? Something that's consistent with you in the altar? Something that's consistent with you with a hand on somebody's head? If, my people, God, I want to come on Sunday night and I want you to bless me real good. I want you to heal me. I want you to fix me. I want you to take care of everything in my life because I'm going out of here for a little while. I'm just going to kind of disregard it all, but still expect you to be the same God before as you were after, after as you were before. You know, I had to use it at least one time tonight. The Message Bible, verse 14. And my people, my God-defined people, respond by humbling themselves, praying, seeking my presence, turning their backs on their wicked lives. I'll be there ready for you. I'll listen from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their land to hell. There's only one hope. Oh, Jesus is the answer. Yes, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Slight problem. Jesus has confined Himself to working through a body called the church. So while Jesus is the answer, the church is also the answer. I said the answer. Not an answer. Not a answer. The answer. The only answer. Sorry, I don't want to offend anybody, make anybody mad. There's no protest that can fix it. See if I can make a few more of you even matter. There definitely isn't no current presidential candidate that can fix it. 
don't care what party you vote for. And there's not even anybody else that can run, pop up on the scene as an independent that can fix it. The only thing that can fix it is a group of people that are willing to hearken unto His voice, heed His commands, do what His Word says. That's the only answer. Because He said, if I can find people to do that, I will do this. come on this celebration night. Why me, Lord? I've come on this celebration night to challenge Antioch, the apostolic church, that we are in need of a fresh dedication and commitment to selling ourselves out. God, I give you all of me. I don't just give you my spirituality on Sunday and Thursday and a care group, but God, I present myself to you as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you as my real reasonable service. I used to, me- I mean, just within the last couple of years, I used to mess that up. I always said that and said that was W-H-O-L-L-Y. It's not W-H-O-L-L-Y. I always thought, I was thinking, I had it in my head. He was saying, present yourself holy, every part of you. W-H-O-L-L-Y. But he says, present yourself holy, H-O-L-Y. That means if I'm going to present myself as a living sacrifice, I've got to give God a holy sacrifice. The word holy means to be separated, to be set apart from. I'm quitting. I'm a preacher and that doesn't mean a whole lot, but I'm quitting. We want to come in here on... Sunday night and give God a sacrifice that hasn't been prepared wholly, set apart. You came into the tabernacle in the Old Testament before you could ever get to the presence. Before you ever got to the presence of God, Brother Brown, the very first thing you had to do when you got inside the gate, was you had to wash. That you what, Brother Evans? That you die not. Can you, can you imagine? I know this is too extreme for some of you. I'm sorry. Can you imagine what it would be like in 2016? If people, if, if that still applied? That you better wash before you get to the presence. Because if you don't wash before you get to the presence, you die. Brother, brother Josh, Brother Tino. You, you, you brothers, Brother Cassius, I think you're the other one. We, we got These brethren have all gone to Antioch West. I ain't seen nobody pick up the mantle they left. Before these fellas left for Antioch West, you'd see them at the end of service with trash bag and... Gloves on, walking through these aisles. Brother Owens is an ordained minister. Brother Owens is an AML, Antioch licensed minister. Brother Josh Taylor, great guy. Can you imagine, though, Brother Owens? According to that, you'd, you, you wouldn't just be picking up water bottles. 
You'd be walking through, well, I guess they didn't wash. I guess that one didn't wash. We'd have to become one of those churches with our own cemetery. Haul people out. I know, I know this is a little much for some of you, but go home and read. Get on the internet for a few minutes before you go to bed. Get on Fox, CNN, whatever your preference is. Just read a little bit of news. Turn on the television. Watch a little bit of news. And then tell me this is extreme. When we got a world that's going crazy. Crazy. Brother Jolton, you've traveled the world. and You, you, you know, you've been a lot of places. And, but you know what? For years, you go crazy places and then come home. Now you go crazy places. Come back to a crazy place. We want a patty cake with Jesus. Simpson, we just want to go through the motions and have a good experience and have a little bit of church so we can say we had church and go, <coughs> go on about our business, living our lives. I, I, I don't know if I'd be willing to be a pastor today if it was like the priest then. They tied a rope on your leg. Because if you got in there to the presence... And God didn't accept it. They pulled you out with the rope. Dead. Dead. I'm sorry folks, but according to the word of God, God doesn't change. Well, it said Jesus doesn't change. You're right. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Last time I checked, we were in a one God apostolic church. So Jesus is God, which means God doesn't change. I think somehow we think God's not as serious about stuff today as He was then. No, you and I just got cut a little bit of slack. It's called grace. It's called mercy. It's called the blood. The saint God feels the same way. We just got a little better opportunity than they had. My people, called by my name, Humble themselves and pray. Then I will. You would bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Without any great emotion, without any hype, I open this altar tonight to folks that are willing to make a fresh commitment. And dedication. God, I'm not just going to give you a cheap devotion. I'm not going to give you cheap consecration and dedication. And expect you to give me your all in return. But God, if I'm going to expect you to give me your all. You have a right to expect me to give you my all. The same thing that causes me, God, to expect to get the best you have is the same right that you have to look at me to give you the best that I have. To present myself as a living, a living 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a living sacrifice, holy 
acceptable unto you. That's my reasonable, reasonable service. It's not something exorbitant you're asking of me. It's not something unfair, but it is reasonable for you to ask me to give myself as a living sacrifice. God, our world is a mess. Our world is a mess. And you are the only hope. You're the only hope, God. But as God, you've limited yourself that you have to have a people to work through. You've got to have a people to use. God, don't let there be an aching in our midst. Don't let there be an aching amongst us who decides on their own. It's, it's just a garment. It's just a little bit of gold. It's just a little bit of silver. It's not really that big of a deal. I ask you as you sit, stand, kneel, however, whatever posture you're in right now, I ask you for a moment, what is it you've got in your life that you've decided it's not that big of a deal? What is it in your life like Achan? You have decided it really can't matter that much. It's really not that significant. I know what God said, but surely He's not really that serious. Make me a house of Yes, Achan. He's serious enough about it, Achan, that He'll let 36 men lose their life, and He'll let the children of His lose a battle they should have won. not my right it's not your right to decide what's a big deal and what's not it's God's right God we want the promises you've given us to be fulfilled but your word is full of promises that come with conditions, expectations on those promises. And we're no different, God. We got a bunch of great promises. But to every promise, there's an if. If my people, then will I. If my people, then will I. <laughs> 